All right, so we are going to talk about, here's our AI corner. So I'm going to start it off first, and then we're going to go back and forth. So first and foremost, what I find interesting, this is a big one. Gemini was just released earlier this week as of this recording. And the, the way Gemini is being marketed is it's stronger than GPT-4. It's multimodal, which means it can track. It's, it's able to look at images, it's look at audio, it can look at video. And I watched some of the videos. I don't know if you've, you've probably seen some of them too, Neil. But for example, with with podcasts, yeah, they, they had a fake demo. But like with podcasts, like you can go, you can go back. Like if I'm listening to a podcast in Hindi, for example, it can actually be. I could say, hey, can you translate to this this for me? Like I don't understand it. So there's a lot of implications for creators as well because now maybe there, it's like real time translations that can happen. And I, I can see the more even a higher proliferation of of content using Gemini. And the, the thing is like. Um, it's still very early days right now. The demo that they showed is, is that that's, that is kind of fake. There's a lot you can do with it. I can show you like two balls of yarn, for example, and say, Hey, like, here's one in pink. Here's one in green. What can I do with this? And I'll show you the different things you can make with it and give you a picture of it. So it's, and then you can have like conversations with it in real time. And you can even plan like your kid's birthday party for you as well, which I think will be very helpful for Neil. So, so I think it's exciting. I think this is a good discussion for us to, to have here in terms of implications. I think right now what's happening is you got Bard, you got ChatGPT, Grok is getting traction. I'm not sure how good or bad it is. We'll start running tests on it. But the reason Grok's getting traction is because it's Elon. At least people are talking about it. Um, and it's going to be a crazy race to see who has better AI. But I think who's the winner right now won't necessarily be the winner three, four, or five years from now. Um, because there's just so much crazy advancement that's going to happen in the next three, four, or five years. Here's what I think. I think the 10 blue links that we're used to for the last, we've been used to for the last 30 years or so, I think that's going to change. Not immediately. I think it's going to start to change quite a bit. They're going to need to figure out because here's the thing. I don't know about you, Neil. When I find myself using Bard and ChatGPT more to ask questions because I have full-on conversations, right? Remember that thing I showed you about the the private jet with the... um the that that tweet right and i was like yeah. explain i was like ex- explain this in a full in-depth post right and it wrote it out all in depth it explained everything you know and i'm just like man um i think it it did a really good job I, last week i was asking about like put options and things like that right and it's hard to do it in google it's just the user experience is easier when it comes to just working in a chat and i think google will figure out are they going to add links in there? Are they going to add like ads in there? Like, I don't know how it's going to look, but you can bet that I think they'll get there. But we're not seeing, we, we have a lot of analytics data and search console data over a million websites. We're not seeing search traffic or impressions, you know, from Google's and really go down. Too early right now. But it's, it's not that. What we're seeing is more people typing in longer tail stuff. The thing you would use chat GPT for is not what you would end up using Google for in many cases. I think what Google's trying to do with BART is get it so what you would use chat GPT for, you would also use Google for. I just think the experience is going to change. It's too old. I, I just think it has to change at some point. It's too It's too risky for them to change it out the gate, like as a company, but something's got to give. So, hey, by the way, we'll come back to this clip in like 10 years and we'll see who's right. No, but they've been changing the experience of Google a lot. Yes, it's still search, but they've been slowly tweaking it based on user research. If you look at what you're using ChatGPT for versus Bard, you can't have a chat-like interface for everything. If you're just looking for, you know, red running shoes, that ChatGPT interface is terrible. Is it? 
Yes. Try going to figure out what type of running shoes or buy, try to buy something based on doing research on ChatGPT versus a Google search. We've tested this a lot. You get your answer on what you're looking for way faster in Google if you're just trying to buy something like transactional than ChatGPT. On the flip side, if you have detailed in-depth questions, I'm not talking about long tail search phrases that are two, three, four words, technically two words wouldn't be, but like four or five word searches. I'm talking about, you know, when people use Google, typically they're searching for one word phrases, two words phrases, three, four, five, six, et cetera. But it's not really going to like 10, 12 and or whole sentences. And what we're seeing is the people who are using chat GPT and Bard, they're typing in really in-depth questions or prompts to get a specific answer. And that's a very different use case than Google. But what we're also seeing at the same time now, because again, we have a lot of search console data, people are starting to type in longer tail searches within Google that we've never seen before. Like we're seeing people type in sentences and this was very rare years ago. We have data that goes back a long time. I, I they're not mutually exclusive, right? So I would say, sure, I do believe that people are probably typing in longer, longer queries, but I'm just looking at the experience right now in Bard, like it's going to get better over time. And my, my base case is this going to, this is going to change a lot in the next five to 10 years, not immediately, but it has to change. Like it's, it's just, it's time to change. So that's where I'm coming from. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with you in which search is going to change because for a lot of queries, just like it, when you type in, what's the weather in Los Angeles, California? I don't care to go to weather.com. Just show me the weather. And I think for certain queries, the interface is going to change because it's not transactional. People just want the answer. It's a very different type of query. But on the flip side, if someone wants to buy a red bike, you know, I don't think chat the chat GPT interface, and we've we've done a lot of tests on this, it, it just takes longer to get what you're looking for. 
Yeah, like I said, it's too early right now, and I, I'm I my base case is still is going to change. Like I don't disagree that hey, like the data is like people are typing longer queries. Also, their search generative experience, right? Like people are like following up with it as well. Um, but still. It's like the Brad Gerstner put it in a real, real good way. So he has a he has a crossover fund called Altimeter Capital, and he's like, look, the monopoly that Google has had in the past, like it's it will no longer be a monopoly. We're talking in the next five to ten years. So that's where I'm coming from. I think there's a lot to be excited about with Gemini. Uh, I'm just looking at it right. Like there's there's okay. For example, here's here's another one, Neil. If Gemini over like a lunch break can do, it can look at 200,000 scientific papers and it will be able to tell you like, Hey, here are the key insights and it'll help you. You you can have a graph. It'll help you extend the graph too, based on the data. So there's going to be some cool stuff that you can pull there. Yes. But what you're talking about, cause you mentioned how you, I've moved on. I've moved on. Yeah. But, but that itself is a very different use case for what most people. Yeah. but, But I'm not talking about the same thing. I've moved on. You get what no, I mean? I get that, but I'm trying to tell people this is why I think both will exist, just yes. in different formats. And I do think whether it's Gemini or Grok or ChatGPT, you know, it's gonna they're gonna continually level up AI and make it more uh, better for end users. You know, Peter Thiel talks about last mover advantage. Google wasn't the first search engine. Right, there was a lot of others before them, but yet they're the biggest. Apple wasn't the you know first cell phone maker out there. Um, if you look at Facebook, they weren't the first social network, right? TikTok wasn't the first one either. And a lot of people were last movers advantage. They learn from everyone else and they figure out how to make it better and adapt to what people uh, really want and need. Yeah. Let me be real, real, really clear from my side here. So I think 10 blue links are not going to go away completely. I think there's going to be less and less use cases and I think it's going to adapt. Like, look, you know, Apple's got the Vision Pro coming. Like that's still like a five to 10 year interface in the future, right? Um, Chat GPT, I do agree. It's it's not for everything, um, but I think we're going to get more used to, 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 to that UI, right? It's just, um, you know, things change over time. So, Neil, let's move over to, to your topic. What, what do you got? One quick thing. 10 blue links. A lot of search queries actually don't have 10 blue links anymore. Yeah, too. You, get what, you get what I mean. It's just like the, a bunch <laughs> no, of no, links. No, 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 I, no, I'm saying they're already moving to what you're saying, right? Like yes. they're already adapting is to what you're, what you're going towards in which they're adapting to what users want. And that m- won't always mean 10 blue links. They're slowly have been starting that for years and you're going to see more and more of it, just like you're saying. Got it. All right. What do you got, Neil? So we did your an- Twitter one. Uh, we did an interesting test on chat GPT versus bar to see which one produces better content. I'm going to pull and it up. We, and we analyzed more than just that. We ended up analyzing duplicate content first. Uh, and then we started asking people more and more questions. So in essence, what we did is we took a thousand prompts and we ended up putting it into chat GPT uh, to have them create content around those topics. We did the same thing for Bard. Of course, you adjust it based on what Bard prefers because the interface, it's a little bit different on when you're doing prompts for chat GPT versus Bard. Uh, but in essence, we had the same thousand articles produced. And what we ended up finding is, is we took the articles, we ended up running it through uh, Copyscape, right? And we did this on what I call the private internet. We didn't just publish it all to the web, even though you can get it on a live URL. We weren't trying to do this for SEO traffic. Um, but what we found is when we ran it through Copyscape, uh, Bard had 85.1% unique articles. Uh, Chat GPT had 814 
And the duplicate content on ChatGPT was 18.6 versus Bard being 14.9%. In most cases, it was only a sentence or two that was duplicate. Uh, and in some cases, it was you know a paragraph, but that was more so rare. And then we started asking people, which one do you prefer? So we asked individual people to read the article from ChatGPT. And then we show the counterpart from Bard. Now, we did it in both orders. Sometimes it was the chat GPT one first or the Bard one first. And we also didn't tell them that it was written by AI. So they didn't know it was actually written by chat GPT or Bard. And when we ran this, um, and, uh, you know, Bard, was, Bard won 188 times out of 249. Um, and that means chat GPT won 61 out of 249 times. In other words, people prefer the content from Bard much more than they're preferring the content from ChatGPT. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I'm Tamika D. Mallory and it's your boy, my son, the general, and we are your host of TMI new year, new name, new energy, but same old. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the black effect network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Neil, what do you think the takeaway is for for this for people? Uh, The big takeaway is to test multiple platforms because just because ChatGPT is getting all the buzz doesn't mean that Bard uh, can't be better or even Grok. And who knows what's going to happen six months from now or five years from now or even three months from now. You got to continually test because one platform could get better than the other. All these guys are really, really wealthy. Not rich, wealthy. You know, I define wealthy as someone can end up buying a sports team and it doesn't work out and you can wait, just keep Wait, wait, who, who are you talking about here? I'm talking about the corporations. Oh, yeah, Bard, yeah, yeah. Twitter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, or Elon, Bard, you know, uh, Microsoft being ChatGPT. But if you look at these organizations, they're like extremely wealthy. 
right? And I know some of them are owned by individuals, but like, it doesn't matter. They can blow $10 billion and still have more than enough money to do whatever they want with. And for that reason, you could bet that they're going to do whatever to try to create the best system. And it's not about the cash. It's about waiting for them. So keep trying and iterating. But the big lesson, you know, from all of this, and Eric has talked about this and I talk about this, it doesn't matter if you use ChatGPT or BART or anything, make sure you continually modify the content and have a human in there because then you're adding the E, experience, expertise, authority, and trust. And that's what makes the content really shine. Yeah, I actually, I mean, the, the human in the loop thing cannot go understated enough. I think people are over automating right now and they're losing the human aspect, right? And so um, we're not saying, hey, we're not being specious or anything like that. It's just like, it just works better at the end of the day. And you know, that it, it is what it is. Anything else on this one, Neil? The, the last thing I want to mention when we're talking about AI is imagine yourself reading CNN, BBC, New York Times, etc. And now imagine reading those sites, but all the content is written by AI. Some of it you're going to like, you're going to have no issues with it. But AI is creating a lot of regurgitated content based on what's already out there in the web, at least in its current form today. And when you want to just put tons of AI content on your website without modifying it, you're just going to have a lot of crap content. And in our last episode, Eric ended up showcasing the stats on SignalGrain on how he's generated over 17,000 clicks in a matter of months through AI, which is really impressive. But a Eric calls it AI-assisted content. He's not just letting AI just go free and create the content without human intervention. It's not good enough right now to really shine and get you tons of traffic without the human intervention. <laughs> Dude, okay, let's move to this next one over here. So, so, um, and by the way, that was a little experiment that we were running, right? And now we're looking at tripling it down. So the way you want to look at experiments is like, hey, if the graph is starting to go a little parabolic, then maybe you should double and triple down on it, which is what we're trying to do. Neil, did you hear about this, um, this, the Sports Illustrated AI scandal? No. Okay, let me tell you, <laughs> I just read this. The amount of useless stuff you guys do is staggering. So, so basically, they can two executives. Um, I think one's like a president and, and someone's like pretty high up there. But they were doing some stuff. Okay, so look, one week after Sports Illustrated suffered an embarrassing artificial intelligence scandal, the latest leader of the company that operates SI laid down the law for his new employees. Um, so... So you guys do a lot of useless stuff, stop doing dumb stuff, PowerPoints, he declared PowerPoints are illegal, blah, blah, blah. Um, I want to get into the AI scandal. So the AI scandal here was that there were people that were using AI to create fake articles using fake people. And then Sports Illustrated tried to blame it on somebody else. But then I think everything still traced back to the executives at the end of the day. And so this just goes to show you that, yeah you should have a human in the loop and don't go dumb. Don't, don't be doing dumb stuff. I, I'm confused. So what do they use the AI to do? Create. They like used AI to create, it's like fake content. Like it wasn't even like relevant content. And then they use fake authors as well. And then it was like on the sports illustrated domains. Fake sports content, right? Not just random content to get SEO traffic. You're talking about like fake sports content. They're making up news using random authors just to get traffic. Correct here. Let, let me, let me get a little more detail here. So what the browser blocked. Okay. So I'm reading it and the magazines. Uh, That's going to hurt their brand. Yeah. Well, their stock dropped uh, 20%. I didn't even know they're publicly traded. Yeah. Well, you know right now. Okay. Yeah. So, oh my God. CNN is like the worst reporting. I'm trying to try to pull from that website. It doesn't work. But anyway, you guys get the point. Um, no, I have to get it. Okay. However, I got it. I got it. 
No, I don't got it. These these public this, this is another thing with publishers. They all suck at getting to the point. And so therefore, we're just gonna end this episode. So please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. This helps us grow, and we'll see you tomorrow. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilbur Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.